0: The final snap of Super Bowl 45, the Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl, the Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What
2: is up everybody, welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast, a proud partner of the Blue Warrior family and the Eurostep Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Numak. Coming at you with another preview pod for the Packers facing off against the Detroit Lions. The formidable Detroit Lions. Not your grandpa's Detroit Lions. Not your father's Detroit Lions. This is the Dan Campbell Detroit Lions coming into Lambeau Field on Thursday Night Football. And joining me today is my lovely co-host, Jordan Trusky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Doing good, doing good. I mean, I am never been this excited for a Packers-Lions game in my entire life. Your entire
2: life. You've
1: had approximately think- 60 of these games. I don't think I'm. I'm trying to think of the next one that would. Maybe a Thanksgiving one because that is like a thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But that's it. But this regardless. Is a big game. This is a big game. Big game. Big game. I, I guess we weren't so excited for week 18 of last year because the. <laughs> It just felt bad at that point with how bad this game yeah, had it, gone. Yeah, it
1: was one of those things where they should not have been in this position in the first place, but yet here we were.
2: Right, exactly. I think the point being is that this is now a, a good Lions team where they, they probably should have the upper hand in this game. That's something we haven't seen in two decades in the Packers-Lions rivalry. But before we get into that, we have some cheeses to hand out because of course we do since the Packers came back from a 17-0 deficit against the New Orleans Saints last Sunday. Came back, beat them 18-17 behind the strong arm of a Jordan Love who gets our first cheese today as we talked about uh, on Sunday. 22 of 44, 259 yards, one touchdown throwing and one with his feet. Did pretty darn well. Interception, we won't talk about it, but pretty darn good and led the Packers to a fourth quarter comeback. I saw some like sort of bonkers stat that the that Jordan Love has as many comeback wins over teams with a positive record as Aaron Rodgers does which is crazy absolutely crazy that's wild yeah so that framing of statistics is dumb but it's <laughs> fun, it's fun to think about uh the next cheese goes to the man who got the game ball in the locker room from coach or uh, Matt LaFleur is Rashan Gary three tackles all of which being sacks Three sacks for the star defensive, uh, defense or I guess edge rusher, and uh, four total, four total QB hits, um, cementing himself as certified back. We love to see it. Absolute monster, monster on Sunday. And last one, last cheese goes to Romo Dobbs. Romo Dobbs catching the game, go ahead. Yeah, the go ahead touchdown yeah. on uh, in the fourth quarter. Five catches, seventy three yards and the touchdown with a a long of 30. So pretty good pretty good day for those three guys, I'd say, especially with their importance in the fourth
0: quarter.
1: Yeah, all three played a factor. The Love Dobbs connection continues to win out. Sean Gary has played 57 snaps and has four sacks and is just crazy good.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty darn good. Some uh some might say.
1: Yeah. I would I would I would say that.
2: I would definitely say it. I want that man to get his money, dude. I want that man to get his money. Yeah, because he deserves it. He yes, he does. He deserves like sixteen Brinks trucks backed up to his to his <laughs> uh, to his house. I saw something stupid somewhere. It was like Brinks trucks actually only carry two million dollars at all times. I'm like, well, no one cares, Mister Mister Analytics and Mister Technically Correct. Any who's will be. That's it for the Packers Saints game. We're leaving that one behind as much as as much as we would like to revisit it over and over again. Coming back fast as you're listening to this, you're merely hours away from a uh, Green Bay Packers game on Thursday Night Football. So should we get into it, uh, Jordan, about the whole series between the Packers and Lions, and then hop into the matchup? Oh yeah. Do you want to go through the history of the uh, what has what looked like the past? 50 years of games.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, overall, Packers lead the series with a 103-75-7 and seven record. Seven times. Good Lord. Packers have won the two playoff games they've faced against the Lions. Lions, of course, last year swept the series against the Packers. 15-9 win on November 6th of last year, week nine. That was also the week that Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes got hurt. 2016 Lions win on the last week of the season last year, obviously ending the Packers' season and an era for Aaron Rodgers. Um, and this year, Lions 2-1 and one with wins over the Chiefs and the Falcons. as the last week. And then their low losses against the Seattle Seahawks.
2: And notably, another high-flying offensive barrage against the Seahawks. They lost that game 37-31 yes. to 31 in overtime.
1: There's good things that happen when the Lions and Seahawks play against each other. And that means no defense.
2: No defense is to be is <laughs> to be found. Defense is MIA when the Seahawks and Lions uh face each other after they after the Lions lost last year, uh forty eight to forty five. Just a completely insane uh matchup matchup that they have been going on in the last two years. So um with that being said, different air for the Lions different different era um dan campbell has really revitalized i think this franchise and gotten them to believe one in themselves and to make the most out of a lot of the uh the end of like bench guys i should say they don't really have a ton of like star stars they have uh amon ross st brown they have aiden hutchinson and i think they did have cj gardner johnson but he's out with a a peck injury now i think he tore his peck
1: I think so.
2: So, outside of that, like you, you kind of gave me a look about not too many stars. Like, is that am I missing a star that you think that should be mentioned? Because I'm not throwing Jared Goff in there. I'm not throwing David Montgomery in there.
1: You
0: sure,
1: Goff?
2: I'm pretty sure.
1: Like, <laughs> I think I think Goff is a very interesting quarterback because you look at what happened or what forced him to come to Detroit in the first place, right? And you would say. He was a value of his system, and that is true. That is undoubtedly true. I also just think he's a very, like... He's not like a Mahomes-type Burrow, uh, Lamar, Josh Allen, uh, Jalen Hurts. He's not of that echelon at all.
2: Right? The stars? I think...
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying. I don't think it's out of the question. He also went to a Super Bowl. He did.
2: Like I, I'm not saying Jared Goff is bad at football. I'm saying that when you talk about elite football quarterbacks, mm-hmm. just elite quarterbacks, um, I don't think he's there. And, and I do not mean this as like the as a slight whatsoever to to Jared Goff. But right now he is just Case kingdom.
1: You know what I mean? Like he's. I, I don't. I don't think so. I. I think he can. Do can you name. I, I. I. This is not where we thought this was going to go. Can you name the leading wide receiver for the Rams when they went to the Super Bowl and lost the Patriots in 2018? That's so long ago. I know, but it's not. Um. He is a, He's still in the league. I, I was it Brandon Cooks? Clear. Second. Damn. Um, though. Also, Brandon Cooks is like 30 and he's been in the league. For he
2: turned years. 30 like last week. Yeah,
1: it's crazy. <laughs> um, no. Todd Gurley was also on this team. A yeah, young I, Cooper Cup was on this team.
2: Yes, I knew it wasn't Cooper Cup. Um, who, who was it? I can't. Uh, Robert Woods. I didn't know if that would be that his era, but I guess it was. Bobby, Amon Ross, Saint
1: Brown, is better than him. He
2: is, and like that's not that that has nothing to do with with this idea, right? I had never said he was throwing to much better receivers. What my point it being is that he just <laughs> doesn't do it for me as a elite elite quarterback. Like I think he, I don't think he is of that tier, of the Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Lamar Jackson, put the ones I missed, insert here, essentially. I just don't think he's there. And I, it's not a bad thing. He doesn't need to be if the team is bought into the offense and the offensive system. I'm trying to scramble as I go back through the game, uh, the 2017 season for uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. To see if I can find his uh, average depth of target, Case Keenum's. Because I'm, mm. I'm just I'm just curious at this point. Seven point nine. We're we're going real off the off the tracks here, folks. I apologize, but I just want to see if I'm even close to this uh <laughs> to this comparison I got going on here. If it's not, I'll eat crow and go out my way. But alas, here I am, still still searching uh average death of tarb- target this year is also 7.9 <laughs> Okay. Well, I just don't like, think he's case you. <laughs> I th- right, and that the the point being is that like yes. he's not a dynamic quarterback that's really going to make you pay for these like critical mistakes in the secondary or with his feet, right? He's he is a pocket passer who is g- is doing very well in a system implemented to be just for him. Like that's yeah. what he had in LA with Sean McVeigh. And Sean McVeigh's system didn't work with Goff. Like, Goff, I think.
1: Or a, a did, did McVeigh did
2: inherit Goff, or did was Goff drafted by McVeigh?
1: He was inherited because it was Jeff Fisher.
2: Right. Okay. So then McVeigh's system was f- like. F- I can't think of the word. It was molded to yeah, get into for, four. Jared Goff, and ultimately wasn't enough for the system, right? Because that's why I traded him for Stafford and went on to win a Bowl with it. Now, Dan Campbell has figured out an offense with that coaching staff to put Jared Goff, Allen Ross St. Brown, now Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery to work.
1: And Sam Laporta.
2: And Sam Laporta now to where it's a good functioning offense just with him. Like, yeah. I don't think he's a dink and dunk passer, but I... No. I think that there's a lot of that mixed in, and I think they utilize him in a similar way as the Vikings ZK kingdom back when they um, made their run. Fair.
1: fair, fair.
2: That's all I'm saying. So, to get all the way back to the point, they don't have a lot of stars. Like, no, they're, they're star they have a players. lot of really good players. They have a lot of really good players. Like It's not, it's a some of its parts team. It's not a... A team that has one really good player or or two really good star players that are going to carry the the sides of the offense or the sides of the ball that they're on, they've got talent throughout. They're just deep, is what I guess what we're trying to get to here. Um, Dave Montgomery is questionable. We talked about uh, for the run game, but Jameer Gibbs looks like to be a dynamic uh, running back, depending on if they if they even want to use him as a running back at this point, because it took Dave Montgomery getting hurt for him to get like just a lot of work in last week's game against the Falcons. So, but that's I guess the plight of being a rookie. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, this is a a new look Detroit Lions team that has a lot of buy-in from their players to this coaching staff under Dan
1: Campbell. Yeah. And it's a good from where they are. I think I think part of it is obviously having a guy that liked Dan Campbell to bring together a team that last year they We're on this crazy run, had one of the best Lions seasons in a long time. And then slowly but surely, you have the big chips like Aiden Hutchinson. He's a second overall pick. Revitalizing Jared Goff, whether he's a star or not, they have revitalized him. Um, (laughs) uh, Obviously, they have a or. Compliment him with a lot of weapons over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been healthy on the line. Another high overall pick, Pene Sewell, has been like legit. He's mm-hmm. if he isn't all pro, he's near that level. Um, yeah, I think I think a, a lot of it is just a lot of things coming together at the right time, synergy in that way. But I think the whole point that I was trying to get at is that yes, they may not have like stars yet. There's a couple guys on this team, like Aiden Hutchinson, like Penny Sewell, that are getting to that level. Oh, yeah. That that we will talk about for the next 10 years of, like, that guy's going to give us headaches.
2: Yeah, no and, doubt about it. Like, But yeah, we we, we have to get there first. It was like, you are saying, looking at the future, I'm looking right now. And looking at, like, the last year and a half of Lions football to where... They have been just a talented team, just not a star-struck team, essentially. Yeah. Um, yes. Before we keep getting into the matchup and keep talking um, players in general, let's go through the injury report. Um, Packers have a couple guys already confirmed out. David Bakhtiari is the biggest one. one of those. He's out another game, which I guess gives more credence to the fact that his knee is just not the way... He wants it to be. It's probably never going to be, as we've said at nauseum the last few weeks. Um, Zane Anderson is also out. I'd imagine he's probably on his last his last days as a uh, as a Packer. Because I would imagine if he's out, Patrick Taylor will get a call up, which means that which means they'd have to sign him to a contract. Um, Devondra Campbell also out with an ankle injury. I should say, um, Zane Anderson's out with a hamstring. Devondra Campbell out with his ankle that he injured on Sunday. Uh, elton jenkins is out with his knee they have not put him on ir which means he could be back possibly this next game after the lions game um and those are the four outs right now uh questionable is christian watson carrington valentine the cornerback zach tom who injured his uh his knee late against the saints uh aaron jones with his with his hamstring is questionable and jair with his back injury is also questionable. Um, all of the questionable people were limited participants in practice on Wednesday. So that is that is notable. And then, oops, sorry. Rashawn Gary is, does not have a game status, even though he was on the injury report with his still knee injury.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: For the Lions, uh, out for them is... Holy moly, I didn't know what to pronounce this last name. Or this name in general. We'll get, get oh. to it in a second. Do do you have it? Because I will stumble my way I'm looking this. up
1: right now. Is it the guard? It is the guard.
2: But first and foremost, Jason Kabinda, uh, their fullback, is out with a knee injury. Along with Matt Nelson, their tackle, out with a knee injury. Or out with an ankle injury. And I'm going to say to the wind with your pronunciations there, Jordan. I'm going to go for it. Halapul... Ala Puli Levati Viatai guard for the, the Lions, is out with a knee injury. I may have gotten there. I may have not. My apologies. Uh, my good sir. Questionable for them is Taylor Decker, their tackle. Jonah uh, Jackson, their guard. Man, they've got a lot of, lot of line injuries. Uh, Kirby Joseph, their star, soon to be superstar safety after he picked off Aaron Rodgers three times last year. He's questionable. Dave Montgomery is a, has a thigh injury. He is questionable as well. And Emmanuel Mosley, cornerback, is questionable as well. Uh, this does not have CJ gardner J. Gardner-Johnson on it because he is out for a while, I believe. I'm not sure if it's the year or how long, but he tore his pec this past week, which is unfortunate because he was a, a big part of that revitalized Lions defense.
1: Yeah, it was a coup that they even got him in the first place.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, really... Really important get for him, but it sucks that he's not gonna be out there. So, should we get into the uh the matchup itself, as we kinda already did a little bit? Yes. Perf. So, um <laughs> Lions have been sort of the surprise to the year so far. They busted the door down in the NFL season, beating the Chiefs at home on opening night. Um since then, they've ranked sixth in total passing yards, uh, behind "quote unquote" superstar quarterback uh, <laughs> Jared Goff, um, having his uh, fifth best fifth best rated uh, QB season so far uh, per PFF at a and a half. And. The receivers themselves for the Lions are the fourth best group on PFF right now. I think it's worth talking about that receiving group. It's filled with um, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Marvin Jones a little bit. But I, th- I think the the biggest talking point and the newest talking point for the Lions is Sam Laporta. He has been um, doing pretty well. Pretty well. He's a rookie out of Iowa, I believe, yep. if I'm not mistaken.
1: Uh, that we looked at pre-draft.
2: Yeah. He was one of the options. We had either Laporta. um, I know some guys in the Discord were pretty high on him. Um, Either Laporta, Mayer, Kincaid, or obviously Musgrave. Um, Laporta has 18 catches for 186 yards and a touchdown on only 22 targets, so that's pretty darn impressive. Um, Only TJ Hawkinson has more targets through the first three weeks of the season for the tight ends. So I think it's pretty notable, like... I should say notable, but it's pretty interesting that the Lions came away last year trading away TJ Hawkinson to the Vikings. Um, that trade, I think, has worked out well for both sides, frankly, because TJ Hawkinson has been absolutely lighting it up in Minnesota and doing pretty well for them. He had an unfortunate... And they him. Yeah, and they extended him for some big money. Um, the unfortunate end of the Vikings game on Sunday ended with a pass going off his hands and getting intercepted, but that's nothing to wring your hands football. about if yeah that's that's just football um then the lions get picks and then they draft sam laporta who is statistically going right with tj hawkinson already so they kind of picked up where they left off after losing a guy that they had drafted pretty high i think i think he was a top 10 pick i think he's picked like nine or nine or ten or laporta? something no hawkinson
1: I, yeah hawkinson was definitely up there that was yeah. that, again. That was not that long ago.
2: Eighth overall, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So yeah, they cut weight. Not they cut weight, but you get my point. Of the
1: previous new GM, maybe not valuing him the same way.
2: Right, and that's just fine because it's working out quite well. So, um Jameer Gibbs, their first round pick this this year, which people had, which had some people scratching their heads at what are they doing, <laughs> picking a running back in the first one that wasn't Bijan Robinson. Um, he hasn't been a big like point of emphasis for their offense lately, but I think as the season progresses and possibly with this game, if if Dave Montgomery is out, um, could be of the utmost importance for them and really showcasing why they picked him in the
1: first round. Especially, I mean, I know it was a big talking point of he's not necessarily a running back. We want to try to treat him as like a receiver or this like, running receiver. I don't know. What, whatever position that they're trying to create for him. Um, It could be like if they just put him in a traditional role and he thrives. I mean, that's a guy that's as explosive as he is against the Packers run defense like this. Which, we've had two weeks of solid run defense and we've had one week of like outlier, horrible, oh, that's what we're used to kind of run defense.
2: Which, to be fair... The two good games came against two lackluster rushing attacks in yes Khalil Herbert yeah. and Roshan Johnson for the Bears and then Kendra Miller and Tony Tony Jones for uh, for the Saints yep. and then the, the bad week was against possibly the most dynamic running back we've seen in a in a long time in Bijan Robinson so there's two two very Extremes happening right now with the Packers run rush defense. Like it's kind of hard to gauge just what this this uh, I guess group will look like against the run. I think this week might be okay for that because Jameer yeah. Gibbs can be maybe a little bit of both of the of the extremes and kind of pull from both sides of of those goods and bads. But we'll see. Yeah. Um. But the point with all of the, like the passing attack and everything else is. The Packers have to limit that attack, right? Because Amon Ross St. Brown's always going to get his. Like, his targets will always be up there um, for Goff to throw to, essentially. He's their number one receiver, and he's good. Like, I, th- I just think he's worth throwing the ball to all the time. And then they got Josh Reynolds, who has really emerged as the uh, the second option there. Like, I think they've, d- they've done a really good job of putting together some pass catchers there. I mean, you can throw Khalif Raymond in there if you really want to. Yep. And Marvin Jones Jr. If you if you really want to, I don't know why they they would. I, I think he had a pretty poor week. One hasn't really gotten a whole lot of work since. But um, they got some pass catchers there, and they got an offense that that clicks. So if Jair is healthy, he's going to be needed for sure, just against Amundson St. Brown, regardless.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not even just Jair. It's Karen to Valentine. The the entire secondary, they they just have to step up and somehow limit this group of pass catchers for the Lions. Biggest point for me is like, okay, you're without Devondre Campbell. That puts a lot more pressure on Quay Walker to do a lot of different things at Uh a lot of different times. And he's up for it. Because he is just really good. Right. But now we're getting into Isaiah McDuffie. He's going to get a a lion's share of snaps, part of the pun. Eric Wilson's probably going to get out there too. Are they going to... Is that
2: it for the linebacker depth? You said Eric Wilson, I think you said Eric Wils, you said Isaiah McDuffie. I think that's it. Um yeah, that probably is pretty close to it. Unless cool. they have a
1: practice squad guy that they maybe Pulling elevate. Up
2: the depth chart quick. Uh you, I guess you wouldn't really call J.J. Janik Barry a, a true linebacker. No. He's more of a an edge rusher. Uh yeah, that's
1: that's it. Don't really like that. No, nope. Not not too not too much. No. It just it that it I think ultimately like you have the big play guys there you just have a full complement of guys that can really beat you in a lot of ways, and that just puts a lot of pressure on a lot of guys and we knew going into the season especially without Eric Stokes and the fact that we haven't really heard anything about it doesn't
2: well, there's not really a point to hearing about it because he's still on the PUP list. He's still on the pop. That's true. So like yeah, he, he last... can't even be like really be truthfully talked about until after this game.
1: Yeah, that's very true. But I think this is of all the games so far, this is definitely the one where it's like having such a thin secondary and Darnell Savage. I'm rambling here. Darnell Savage has been very good. Rudy Ford has been kind of meh. Knock on wood for Darnell Savage. Yes. It's just like now you're going to have to rely on guys that have been good at times, but consistency has been an issue. Mm-hmm. And then it's against the Lions team that they're passing attackers for. Me. So I think that's where I'm definitely the most scared of Thursday night of just how they're going to make it work, or you know, try to limit them in some way.
2: Right. Absolutely. I think a lot of it is going to be like.
0: Excuse me.
2: I, I really want to see if Jair does play. I want to see a lot of press man against Amara Saint Brown. He has really great footwork and great route running. Like I think disrupting him on his routes is going to be important to limiting his success. But other than that, I think that just have to play how they did against the Saints. Honestly, and they're like passing game, like they they kept for the most part Alave and Michael Thomas under uh, under control in that game. That um, if I go back, I'm pretty sure neither one of them eclipsed a hundred yards receiving, which, uh, yeah, or oh, no, I'm sorry, Chris Lavi got 104. So he had a big day and he had a lot of towards the end too. Like, I think he had a yeah, pretty, he had a pretty, pretty big catch in the, on that last drive. Last drive. Yeah. So honestly, if you keep, if you keep Amara to, to about a hundred, I'm fine with that. But I think limiting his catches in the first place will be will be big cuz he he'll get targets all day long if, if he gets um free breaks on his routes and things like that especially over the middle in that slant game because they they do like to work the middle of the field with Omar. That's where he gets a lot of his uh a lot of his work. So um Jordan, you mentioned pre-pod that that you're you're afraid of the of this Lions team. That you're worried worried and afraid about this game. Is I guess is this, is this is this passing attack a big part of that?
1: Yes, I'm very worried. I think just the fact that they have been clicking on all cylinders, we haven't even mentioned that Jamison Williams is still suspended for them and they have not been to beat. Maybe that it continues when Jamison Williams comes back. Maybe they don't even need Jamison Williams to begin with, because of just how you know, the first year and a half of the seasons have gone. Mm-hmm. Um I just think uh who's the office corner? Ben Johnson? I think so. I think that's his name. He has been hailed as, you know, the up-and-coming offensive genius of the NFL, and that kind of creativity, even with having an offense coordinator like Matt Lafleur, or not even Matt Lafleur, uh, but a guy like Matt Lafleur who knows, has, you know, experience drawing up plays and designing offenses and everything like that. I just think this defense is going to have a really hard time trying to slow the Lions down
2: yeah i think i guess that kind of transitions into our our next point that you had lovely put together in this in this document is the, is the d line winning against the Lions offensive line because they've got a lot of, like you said earlier a lot of good players on that line um that are that are playing well and giving jared Goff time as well as uh grading out well on on the rush too. looking at um some pff stats they are seventh and pass blocking and third and run blocking so they're uh probably for- that, that line's pretty formidable i'd say i don't want to say too uh outlandishly because i don't want to misspeak if in case i am but seemingly on the line they're on the same tier as the packers offensive line when it comes to just being a staple of this offense and why it's succeeding so much I'm trying to find the stat quick. I want to see how many times Djergo has been sacked just because I'm curious now. Uh, three times. Three times, so that's what. Two more times
1: or as love, many as love. As
2: as many as love, so I guess that's proof from the pudding right there. Um I'm trying to I, th- I think we we talked I think a lot of this is going to be similar each each week, but not that That's that's just kind of football too, but Kenny Clark Devontae Wyatt, the rookies, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks, if they can get home, I think that'll be a big difference in making that pocket sort of a little more crowded. Similar to how we've talked about what it's interesting to look at from Jordan Love's perspective and and from a Jordan Love perspective if how he looks in a crowded pocket. If we can crowd the pocket versus Jared Goff, I think we'll be in in a pretty great place because um, we've just seen him do it before where if the pocket's a little crowded, he starts to make some starts to make some mistakes and rushes throws.
1: Yeah, I think the Lions, looking up just, you know, their snap counts and everything like that. Lions O line has been banged up this season. But on like the left side of it has been Penny Sewell, uh Hollow Vata, whatever that name is. Frank Ragnow is their center. And then it's around the right side of just Taylor Decker's missed a couple of games. I think he's questionable. J- just FYI, point.
2: you have them backwards according to ESPN. Decker's their left tackle.
1: Oh, john
2: Jackson is their is their left guard. Uh, Sewell, and I I, I want to make sure is Penny
1: Sewell right tackle. I thought he's the left. According tackle. to
2: ESPN's death chart, really? That's what they have him as. Um, Ooh. I wish. Okay. I'm gonna take the second here and pronounce this this right guard's tackle, this right guard's <laughs> name right, because I feel like a dickhead. Hala Puli Vati There you
1: go.
2: There we go. So Vitai is the right guard. Sewell is the right tackle. Go on okay. with your point. They, they, they've been a little bit belabored and a little bit injured this year.
1: A little bit belabored, but if you look at Pass blocking metrics, run blocking metrics, obviously, courtesy of P- PFF. Both really good. Like they have not missed a beat with the injuries that they've had or having to swap guys. They've are very similar to the Packers in that way that they have guys that can step up. The other thing about trying to pressure the Lions is that Packers. Yes, Rashawn Gary had a three sack performance, was so huge in that way. You looked at like total pressures. I believe it was thirteen for the game which is not a lot. It was just that when the Packers got, you know, hurried Javis Winston or Derek Carr, they you pretty much got there. So they were just very efficient in their chances to get there. I think that for me is, it's how we talked about the Saints last week, where it's like, this is a good defense. They don't necessarily blitz a lot or send a lot of guys or whatever. But when they do, they get home. That's how we, they've been really disrupted defensively, all that stuff. I th- I just think that kind of makes for an interesting push-pull of like, who's just ba- basically going to have the, the worst day <laughs> between this set of position groups or the edge rushers for the Packers slash interior DU line, or is it going to be obviously the Lions offensive line?
2: Yeah, I think I, I have my two players I, I want to I have for later. So I'm glad I, I picked those already. So we'll see yeah. that way. Um, but yeah, i I think, I think Devontae Wyatt has a sack this year. I think he want to get one and a half from
1: the Bears. Yep, it, this would be a
2: game. Yeah, it would be. It'd be a really good game for him to, to to show out and not have a like standout performance where it's like a coming out performance where like, hey, I'm Devontae Wyatt, I'm playing national TV. This here's my three sack performance kind of night. Not that he needs yeah. it, but it'd be cool. It'd be really helpful to the success of them in the game. I think. Yeah, so um, anything else on the line? Just the, the lines in general. I think getting a, a lot of push from the edge rushers in general is just going to be important between Preston and Igbari and, and and Rashawn is going to be pretty pretty critical to counter the uh, the other sides, the Lions' pass rush.
1: Yeah, Kenny Clark too. I this could be a big Kenny Clark thing. It's all I think too. It's like where guys line up yeah getting different movements or if they kind of do what they were showing in the bears game where they're pulling out stunts and guys are you know hitting different angles to pressure the quarterback maybe that happens given that jared goff is not necessarily a running threat by any means Mm -hmm. but ultimately it matters just getting home and we'll see
2: oh for sure yeah like getting home is is first and foremost the the name of the game on defense right now and like you said only 13 pressures for uh for the Packers last week against the Saints so if they can get that more and make Goff's life a little harder then i think it'd be um a much better result than a 18 point comeback in the fourth quarter yeah so moving on offensive wise for the Packers offense Aaron Jones questionable maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. I think he was close on Sunday. Frankly, I don't that's that's not me knowing having any insider knowledge, but it made it seem like all the reports that it was a pretty close decision. Um if they can get their run game back like the offense, I know we both get wide-eyed at the at the idea of them being able to run the ball this year so far. And if they can get it back, I think you you put it perfectly in our in our notes. It looms over the entire discussion if Aaron Jones plays or not. Because if he does, I think this offense has a chance to really open up their entire playbook and start wheeling and dealing a little more than they have, similar to Week One against the Bears. If not, then it might be tough Slaton again. You might see a lot more Patrick Taylor.
1: Yes, uh, and obviously, if Patrick Taylor comes or plays, he he's on, the, on the roster, so that, right? Yeah. Which,
2: so, which puts my, my my king Emmanuel Wilson's life in a bit of in a bit of wariness. Does it? I don't know. I I, th- I think it might. I think Zane Anderson goes before it, Emmanuel Wilson does, but I think if they have four running backs on the roster, they might look to change some stuff up.
1: Are you assuming this is if Jones plays?
2: Yeah. I think regardless, okay. like once they're all healthy. Like I don't think four running backs is necessarily the move, which you know what I mean. Like I think this, like this is where the the problem lies, because he's not getting a lot of run. Is the is the
1: thing? No, um, it would be even interesting to see if he's on the special teams because I I haven't seen him much. I I'll look that up after my point. I just think maybe if Aaron Jones comes back, that gives him some time to especially after this week, they have extra days. Um reevaluate what their running back depth will be, all that kind of thing. But if Aaron Jones doesn't play, obviously they're going to need Patrick Taylor, Manny Wilson, A.J. Dillon to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's a tough spot to be, but if Aaron Jones does play, it would be helped by the fact that you know they don't necessarily need to bring up taylor even though he has been he's he's played his part that's and that's what you need right
2: uh emmanuel Wilson has not taken a, has not taken a special teams snap um he didn't take actually, i guess he didn't take one last week against the saints and as i quickly scroll through pff here i haven't seen one against the falcons um or the bears either so for what all that's worth it's kind of a a little bit testy because if, if all he's going to be is the fourth string running back kind of guy then I guess what are we doing? Not that I want him to fail or be off the team but if he's not getting run while Aaron Jones is out I think he is like the Aaron Jones replacement on this team that isn't Patrick Taylor like if we're talking about guys on the 53 man roster so it's just interesting to me that like you got you kept him on the team maybe it was just to keep, keep him for next year kind of thing but if Aaron Jones goes out, why not have him as the one-two punch with, um, with AJ Dillon, rather than Patrick Taylor? Like, why would you keep him at that point if that wasn't the plan? You know what I mean? Like, it it is kind of yeah. it's kind of confusing. It's not that I I want Emmanuel Wilson to succeed. I do. You guys know this, but to go from okay, the fifty-three man roster is including Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and Emmanuel Wilson, not Patrick Taylor. He's on the practice squad. Aaron Jones goes down, gets hurt. Week two, they elevate Patrick Taylor. He gets some playing time. Week three, they elevate Patrick Taylor. He gets a lot of playing time over Emmanuel Wilson, notably. And then that's kind of it. Like It just doesn't make so much team building sense, if that makes sense, to keep him on the roster but not have him rush the ball. You just gave the stinkiest of faces. What is going on?
1: I am there? looking it up, and Emmanuel Wilson has not even logged a special team snap.
2: Yeah, I, I, I know. It, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's like I don't get not using him at all, which is what they're doing right now. Like if it was if it was Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, I'd get it. You don't really have the super, I guess, time in in the game and the snaps they give him during the game to give him some true run, but. Now that Aaron Jones is hurt, you think that they would be running him out more often than they are, also considering the job that AJ Dillon has done.
1: Yes. Like, I think a perfect example of this is that, like, Caleb Jones was on the roster last year, didn't play a snap for the Packers, despite being on the active roster. So you're essentially just like hiding him away. Exactly. You know, that, yeah, you know I mean, I think. That could be a play here. Besides, we have Sam Manuel Wilson on the on the field for you know probably like ten to fifteen snap counts, and so that might be a little generous, right? But still, like it is a... I <laughs> I think it's this is I the hard this is the hard part of roster building,
2: right? And I think it's similar to um to like Brenton Cox Jr. He was he suited up for the first time. Uh, this past week against the Saints, I don't know if he got a whole lot of um, of snaps either. But you have your fifty-one active players on Sunday and then Thursday, obviously, and so maybe I I'm, I'm pretty sure Emmanuel Wilson was was um, not active for Week One. I might be misremembering. I'm trying to think back, but similar to the fact that of Caleb Jones last year, they might just want to keep Emmanuel Wilson so he doesn't get signed off the practice squad, similar to Mike Abernathy last year. Yeah. Which is fine. I get it. But I think he should at least be getting some snaps if you don't, like, they must not think he's ready, honestly. Like, that that just might be it. They just, they just don't think he's ready to give him some snaps in place of um, Aaron Jones while he's injured. That, 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 that kind of has to be it.
1: I would think so, too. But you never know. Like, I don't know. I, and the other thing too with Amanda Wilson is that, like, they talked about how doing those things were was a you know uh, an area of needing to improve, and the fact that they just haven't tried them out for specialties and all is like, right? Oh, okay,
2: right. <laughs> um, notably, this Lions defense hasn't given up um, a hundred yard rusher this year. The most they've given up. Um, is, wow, 45 to Patrick Mahomes. That's the most rushing yards they've given up this year. They they gave up 45 to Mahomes week one, 23 to Pacheco, and 22 to Clyde's Edward Hilaire, um, 43 to Kenneth Walker, and then Bijan Robinson had 33 yards on the ground last week. So pretty stout rush defense from this Lions team. I think if they trot out AJ Dillon in the same AJ Dillon manner this week, I think he'll probably get eaten alive. Frankly, like he'll,
1: yeah,
2: he'll he's not going to get a whole lot of yardage against nope. um against this team that has, like you said, pretty solid talented players across their across their roster. Like the uh, Jack Campbell, who I think is a is he a rookie? He is the rookie yep, first round pick, and he's playing quite well for them already um alex anzalone is a uh hard knocks star he's he's doing quite well um is Derek barnes that that name sounds familiar um, he's like a, he's a veteran right no he's only he's only veteran two guy, two but I think he, he kind of two years only so not like
1: him he gave the packers fits last year
2: that i think that's probably what i'm thinking of regardless of it all they still have aiden hutchinson um on the end, to stop rushes out there. He's good at containing an edge. So it's going to be tough studying This defense is, is hard. Except for the Seahawks, apparently, who, who figured him out. But they gave
1: up... Kenneth um, kind of Walker will do that. What do you say? Yeah. Kenneth <laughs> kind of Walker will do that. Um, Brian Branch, too. Brian, Don't forget about Brian Branch. Listen,
2: uh, all I'm saying is that they gave up 20 points to the Super Bowl champion Chiefs. Probably should have been more, thanks to Kadarius Toney, but that's the New over there. Yeah. And then six points to the Falcons. If you exclude the 37 from the Falcons, or from the Seahawks, my apologies. Like, it, it's kind of up and down, but the rush defense for sure is there. Because yeah. Kenneth Walker went off last week against whoever he played. I think he had two touchdowns on a whole bunch of yards. Pacheco had a great week last week. I think McKinnon, Edward Solaire, and Pacheco all had touchdowns against the Bears. Like... Obviously, it's the Bears defense. It's not that not as good as we thought it was, or not as good as they advertised it was to be after they spent all that money. But regardless of the point, like we need Aaron Jones in this game, I think, to have any sort of chance to really set up an offense.
1: Yes. Their run game is just A.J. Dillon's been bad. <laughs> it's just been bad. 2.7 yards. Oh, plug alert.
2: <laughs> plug alert. You wrote an article on A.J. Dillon this week. For oh, I'm right,
1: yeah <laughs> been a lot that has happened this week. Uh, this day that we were recording, so go um, check
2: out the sub stack info? Jordan's little tap tap, right? Right,
1: little dip in the pen into the uh, sub stack. The sub stack, yes, wrote about AJ Dillon and Jordan Love because I had so many thoughts, I can't contain it. <laughs> um, sorry, um, yeah, AJ Dillon's been really bad. The NFL next gen stats, um, number that like was frankly just like appalling. Is that he is like the second worst, has the second worst of rushing yards over expected. And these are stats I don't necessarily understand yet, but when I see something like that, I know that it's not good. (laughs) It's not good. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Rashad White has negative 65 rushing yards over expected. AJ Dillon has negative 48. Dalvin Cook is negative 44, by the way. Wowza. Um, Yeah, he's just been bad. And I think Andy Herman had a really interesting like Twitter clip of, He has this, he has the run protection. He has the hole to just burst through. Even if it's five, seven yards, you get to this next level of the defense. That's positive play. That's all Mm -hmm. you want. Instead, A.J. Dillon's like doing his little like hiding behind the lineman and just kind of like maneuvering which way is the hole going to, or where is it going to develop? Where is the play going to develop? And he throws entirely wrong and bounced outside and, the, I forget the defender, but he just shed Luke Musgrave pretty easily. And AJ Dillon just gets tackled. And it's like stuff like that where I think a lot of his problems have been compounded by it's not just him that is at fault here. The old line has, done, has not been good in terms of running the ball, running, <laughs> putting together sizable holes for AJ Dillon to just be productive. And it, you can see in the yards, um, his his total rushing yards is his yards after contact are like 90. He has 93 yards after contact and 107 yards total. So <laughs> defense is just blowing this O-line up when he, he's getting runs. And I, I don't know. It's twofold, but it, we also know it's A.J. Dillon has not been playing that well. Right. So – against a team like the Lions who their defense is vastly improved. It's not like the Lions defense they were talking about at the start of last year in week 9 where they're letting up like this historic amount of points. I just think uh, it, not if they don't have Aaron Jones it's like what are we doing? I would I just would rather see Emmanuel Wilson. Patrick Taylor is not the answer, but he has been fine. It's like what do you what what do you what do you think? Expect is going to change, rather than hey Jordan Love, you got to do everything because that's where we're increasingly heading with all these injuries, and it's not a comfortable thing that I would like.
2: No, we uh, we, we we were there as an organization for a long time. Expect yes. like the beginning part of the Rodgers era. You had Ryan Grant. You had uh, no Sam Congado. That was still Favre, but. Ryan Grant, James Starks. James Starks was the guy for a couple years, and then Brandon oh, Jackson. Brandon Jackson for a game or two. I think he, he didn't have a, too long of a career. No. And then Eddie, he was a the
1: lady wrestler for the Super Bowl team, though.
2: Yep. And then remember that. Yep. Eddie Lacey was like the biggest guy because he was. Was he on the 2014 team? I think he was. He was. He, he was, had a
1: really good rookie year, and then and
2: fell off. He was. And then, he was the
1: biggest guy in a Different
2: way, yep. And then, um, kind of a guy for a, <clears throat> excuse me, kind of a guy for a year. And then Aaron Jones came into the picture, which really very
1: emotional about Eddie Lacy.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we ha- we kind of had it good for running backs for the last kind of decade or so, but before that, they always had trouble running the ball. And with Aaron Jones's injury and possible foggy future, we might have. Aaron Jones around longer than we think because of that. Because the the aggregate is a lot scarier than just paying Aaron Jones the money he well deserves to be on this team.
1: Yeah. That that is the thing is that they have I think we have expected, oh, they're doing this two track thing. So you have the team of the future, like how we saw with the Rogers last year, where the guys that he was playing around weren't necessarily the team the- players to make him a better quarterback last year, but we knew that they would be better doing this for the future. And Aaron Jones for right now is the best Packers running back for now. And for the future that um, until otherwise you just keep riding that train. You mean dude?
0: pretty much, pretty much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, on the Lions side like we we talked about earlier um, if they don't have David Montgomery it will just be Jameer Gibbs since they just have um, a backup as well I could probably pull their name with their backup that is uh, their third string Craig Reynolds or Zonovan Knight Zonovan not Donovan Zonovan Knight what a strong name Um, and so I guess if Dave Montgomery's out, we'll probably, we'll probably see just a lot of Jameer Gibbs. Frankly, I don't think we'll see a lot of their third or fourth string guys. So again, it'll be up to them to the, that D line to contain Gibbs because I think he's not as dynamic as B, as Bijan, but they use him in a lot in the same way. He can be used as a receiver and as a rusher, and yeah, a lot of motion happening in um, in the Lions' offense. Just it is the nature of this. Uh, the modern NFL is they're moving towards more motion. I saw it, I forget where I saw it the other day, but um, just the, the nature of motion is becoming a more is becoming more and more than the norm in, in the NFL. And with that, the top four teams in pre-snap offensive motion were the four play calling coaches from the podcast. It was, Mike Mike McDaniel at the super top right of the graph. And then it was um, Shanahan, Shanahan, McVeigh, and LaFleur. LaFleur? Yeah. Um, LaFleur. Right. I really wish Discord would work properly. It's bothering me. Because I think it was in here. Spoiler alert. Join the Discord. And you can see all the great conversations we're having. But somebody posted the play callers. Like posted that tweet that had the graph there. Here it is. Um, that had the tweet there. And I'm pretty sure the Lions were there as well. Yeah. So in this graph, I want you, you, you the listener to visualize this graph at the, at the zero, zero mark of the graph is a lot of teams. A lot of teams don't do a lot of pre-snap motion on, um, on the drop back passes, but even more of them don't do it on pre-snap for pass rushes. um or for, for rushing, um, rushing attempts. The top right quadrant of this is where you want to be. In that quadrant, by a long shot, are the play callers we talked about. McVay, Shanahan, LaFleur, McDaniel, and then Brandon Staley is there as well. But right there nestled with now all of these Super Bowl contenders from the last five years or so. Between the Niners, the Packers, the Chargers, the Dolphins, and the Rams, is the Lions. Ben Johnson has this offense looking like the future of the NFL where there's a lot of motion happening regardless of the play. Like we've seen pre-snap motion on like passes for a, for a little bit in the, last, in the NFL in the last decade or so guys moving in like jet sweep motions or just motions happening with jet sweep, with jet sweeps and reverses and things like that in general. But now there's a lot of moving parts Happening within the NFL and when off, what offenses offenses do, excuse me, pre-snap, and it it's looking to be the future because outside of Brandon Staley, the floor and the play callers are like that, the like the best coaches in the NFL for better or worse. Like,
1: and Staley does come from that same coaching truth. right? At least
2: right? He he does, but yeah. people want his head on, on a stake. <laughs> Of course, yeah, because <laughs> the Chargers are a, a cursed organization. Yes, and so he's not. He has some significant blame in it, but like we like we're, we're saying, this is the future of the NFL. The Lions are buying in this analytical mindset of, that the NFL is moving towards and becoming a high-powered offense using pre-snap motion, using the speed that they have with Rao St. Brown and Jameer Gibbs to really get the defensive looks out there for Jared Goff so he can see what he's throwing against and have success which is why he might be on his way to superstardom Jordan
1: <laughs> I would agree with that point I'm glad you brought that up glad you brought that up yeah I, I mean that's I th- I just think this is a very modern NFL offense that is really efficient they just had they from Being a very, like, getting these elite players but having them to do the work, like a Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders from a long time ago. Matthew Stafford was a first overall pick. It's like they just haven't been – it's really been, like, one or two guys at the same time, if anything. Now you have, like – you don't necessarily have, like, a Hall of Famer. You just have really good players around them, and then that's what we see. I don't know. Right. And they're the biggest threat to the Packers in the division.
2: They are. At the, the Vikings are 0 3. The Bears are 0 3. Um, I saw that there, there's two games of 0 3 this weekend, like, where both teams are 0 3. The Vikings face off against the Panthers, and the Bears face off against the Broncos. And it's just, whooey, that's some football, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, Anything else, Jordan? Anything else we'll talk about about the matchup, about the players, or should we get the players to watch and uh, our score predictions? Um, we don't even really talk about Amara St. Brown. We just know that he's a big threat, and that his
1: big threat has killed the Packers too.
2: Yep, yeah, just has great hands, great route runner. It is just a great receiver. Um, Twenty-one. Honestly, I think. Sorry, you go. You go. Twenty-one catches, two hundred seventy-five yards, and a touchdown through three weeks of football.
1: I think any thing that I would probably cover would be on matchups because I think there's a lot of good matchups in this game.
2: Yeah. I think if Jair plays, Jair or versus Amonrao would be a would be a great matchup. Um I think if I, I it's interesting to see who they're gonna throw on on Sam Laporta. Sam is big, six four, two fifty. Like
1: we've seen a lot of resul on tight ends.
2: I think that might be the best way to go, honestly don't really have anybody else to put on him. That's, yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's just that's thing. just that's just it. Like you could try and put Darnell on him, but he's had a good year. But I'm not really really willing to take that risk yet. Yeah. So. Alrighty. Score predictions, or I'm sorry, players to watch. Um, I believe it is your turn to go first. Give us one.
1: Of each, right?
2: Yep one, one, one of one on each team, but give us one of your one right now, one of your two right now. I'm
1: gonna do the it's the one that just popped up of on my mind as we're talking. Probably not one that we a lot of people are gonna be talking about going into the game. Sheed Walker. Okay, that's Aiden Hutchinson is gonna be your primary assignment.
2: I think if Zach Tom doesn't play,
1: yes. Are you insinuating that he would be right tackle?
2: I'm insinuating that they will line up if Tom plays. He Tom would be would be right tackle, and they wouldn't throw a Hutchinson there. They'd throw him on Rashid Walker. I think if Yash plays, they throw him on. They throw a Hutchinson on Yash. That's my thinking right. of it. But I still think your player to watch is a good one because. I'm hoping Zach, Zach Tom plays.
1: Okay, because I you I can, just think you can think
2: otherwise. I'm just saying, I would if I was a coach. I'm throwing my best defensive player at Yash, not Rashid Walker, after we saw how Rashid Walker performed last week and against the Falcons.
1: Fair, fair. I might be changing my pick then.
2: Okay. Do you want me to go and you can revise, yeah, you possibly? Yeah. You okay. Um, my pick, I'm going to go my, my Packer first, too, is Rashawn Gary. Okay. Um, another big week from him would be crucial. Is I guess is isn't crucial, but would be welcomed to getting home to Jared Goff and maybe a strip sack was in there. Hmm. Who could say? Maybe forcing a fumble. Hmm. Who could say? But I think just getting home and continuing the um, the dominance he had against the Saints would be huge for his uh, his season in general, and would go a long way into making golf uncomfortable in the pocket.
1: I would certainly love to see Rashawn Gary just wreak havoc. Me too. Um, and I believe I, I saw a medium scrum with him on Tuesday. And the question was proposed to him about, you know, he hasn't played a full game of snaps, everything like that. Are you, do you want to play more? And Rashawn Gary is just like, I'm, I, I play the snaps I play, and I'm going to make the most of that kind of thing. I think that's a, just a perfect sentiment to have because mm-hmm. it hasn't, it hasn't deterred him from making an impact, even if he's not playing, you know, a. a more than half the snaps. Or it, it was probably closer to half the snaps this or last week. So, yeah, I mean, the guy's just—he's so good, just so good. Yeah, he really is. It's, yeah. <laughs>
2: Who is your uh, Who is your your player?
1: All right, I'm pivoting to Quay Walker.
2: That's a that's not, not a bad pivot.
1: It's no, not, it's a bad not a bad pivot. pivot. I just think there's a lot that will be asked of him. He's going to be. The, wearing the green dot without Devontae Campbell. I think he has.
2: Oh, yeah. Actually, you been. might be right. Yeah. yeah, I think he has been.
1: He might be even a captain for this game since they've been rotating. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe.
2: What know. is your opinion on that? Rotating captains. I think it's fine. I don't think it matters.
1: No. I've seen, I, I I've, think...
2: seen, I've seen some hand-wringing, which is why I ask, but I don't think it matters, frankly.
1: I think it only... I, actually, yeah, we there are... In the Discord, what, going into the first game, I think it was kind of a topic of conversation. I think, and, and yeah,
2: because you know, they hadn't announced they hadn't announced it yet.
1: Yeah, and I want to repeat the same thing that I said at the time was like the other people that matter or matters to are the people that play the game, right? Like we have no, it's like oh, he's a captain, and you want them to play well and be level headed, like you know all that good stuff, but it does not matter if Quay Walker is the captain or whoever's, if it just rotates week to week to us, like, mm-hmm. those guys fight for that status, and we don't. <laughs> right,
2: right, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think he's, a lot will be dependent on him to be the man in the middle, diagnose plays, make plays, cover Sam Laporta, cover Jameer Gibbs, like, it, it there's just, he has to do a lot tomorrow. Yeah. Or thir- Thursday. Thursday.
2: Um, no, today.
1: Today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I just think if he has, like, an elite game, then I think the Packers win comfortably.
2: Perfect. I'm going with Aiden Hutchinson as my other player. No offense for me. I think it's going to be a defense-heavy game. Defense is going to dictate who wins this game. And I think whoever they decide to throw at Aiden Hutchinson, wherever he he decides to line up, if he's leaving his imprint on on the game, which I'm sure he will once or twice, if he has a big impact on the game, I think that'll go a ways to deciding who wins the game in the first place. I think think it really is just that simple.
1: Yeah. We saw him bust up the... Last week? Or last week? Last year. Week 18? Yep. He was a monster, and... He's a force. <laughs> the He's, Michigan edge rushers, man. There's something about. There's him. something about him.
2: Mm-hmm. So, who's your who's your lion?
1: I think I have to die on this hill. Jared Goff. Wow. He's you been good. He has. He's been good. I think. I think the thing. We're gonna circle back to this conversation. <laughs> I think the thing about. Jared Goff and why he's very representative of being the system quarterback is that compared to, like, a guy like Aaron Rodgers where you view him as, oh, he's picking apart guys. He knows where weak links are and everything like that. And you kind of just associate that the offense works because you have Aaron Rodgers playing, you know, pulling the right strings at the right time rather than a guy like Jared Goff who – when Sean McVay takes over and is his head coach, the big thing is like, oh, he's telling you the plays right before the communication, the helmets shuts off with 15 seconds left on the play clock. Right. That kind of thing of like he's assistant quarterback in that everything's designed for him to be successful, not being like, hey, doesn't it doesn't matter who I have around me. I know that guy's gonna cover this. Or I know what play is going to be this, and that like I'm going to throw it that way because of coverage. Whatever, I'm not a football player. Um, I think if they if the Lions win, if they win handily, it's because Jared Goff has a lot of time. He does the things that we don't know as, normally associate with Jared Goff, and again, he's having a really good season. He's been real like he has been a significant reason why the lions have been a changed team since whatever week it was basically probably when they played the packers a week nine last year jared goff has been one of the biggest reasons for that and i think he's just good so if the if the packers can slow him down if they can get sacks on him and disrupt the offensive line i think obviously his day is not gonna be as great um but yeah, he's, he's kind of always, he'll always be this bellwether kind of guy in a lot of ways because he's just Jericho.
2: All right. Score potions. What are we going with? I'm going 30 20 Packers.
1: Whoa.
2: I, I lied. I lied. I lied. I'm taking points off. I'm going to go, s- I don't know. It's Thursday, so I think 27-17. <laughs> Taking th- three points off each side because <laughs> it's Thursday, and the-, the offense on Thursday has been bad.
1: <laughs> Incredible reasoning. Has 20- it been that bad? It hasn't been good. 49ers beat the crap out of the Giants last week. Yeah, the Giants stink. They do. I'm you you were feeling... you were
2: you were right on that. You're right on that so far. Yeah, they aren't good.
1: <laughs> no, they're not. They're really bad. 27-17 Packers obviously. Is what I said. I hate to play this. I know.
2: I think we're going to be really disappointed. I course. Listen, that just might be
1: the case. 31 I'm also factoring in the fact that I think it's not going to be one of – I don't think we see both of Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. I think we see one, one or the other. be cool if we did. It would be very cool.
2: We didn't talk right? about Christian Watson at all, so, but we're near no, at the end. Didn't. So, it, Hey, Christian Watson plays, super hype. If he doesn't, super dumb.
1: Both players were – before I give my score prediction, both players during uh, media scrums this week, we're both like, yeah, they're gonna play. Romeo Dobbs even said that Aaron we're gonna have number thirty-three yeah. Jones. Malafleur, of course, poured cold water over that when he met with reporters right after. So it's like, okay, kinda of think they're gonna play, but you never know, and whatever. I would say thirty one seventeen Detroit. Thirty one seventeen, huh? I think they put a thirty one burger.
2: You think that the Packers ain't gonna get it done on offense?
1: It might be a week where love makes some mistakes or okay. Dylan fumbles the ball. Well, I gotta put that in the universe. Just saying, I don't know. I'm not. I. I just the Lions scare me.
2: Yeah, I get it. They're 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 a good team, dog. They're a good team. So, all right, folks. That doesn't. I it. prefer
1: the Packers to play bad teams. So <laughs> <if that's
2: possible. laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice, right? Yeah. All right, folks. That does it for us. Time for some uh, promotions, and boy, howdy, do we got a big one!
1: You better nothing else happened. Nothing else happened in Milwaukee slash Wisconsin sports this week. That's I'm not, not true. Damian
2: Lillard what? is a fucking buck. What? We made it the entire time until we had to go explicit. But I think an f bomb warrants Damian Lillard becoming a fucking buck. Drew Holiday, my beloved, we loved you, buddy. I appreciate love you. Appreciate everything you did for the for the franchise and for the title. Honest to God. I'm very sad to see him go. But the future is really fun and exciting for the Bucks now. Damien Lillard? Giannis? Chris? Brooke? Oh my lord. Jordan, Rohan, and Adam had an emergency pod today. Go check that out on the Bucks feed. We know you you all have already probably listened to it by the time you're listening to this. And I'm not spoiling or nothing, but you're going to want to tune in to the Eurostep feed a couple of times over the next few days. Just letting y'all know. Keep it up. Keep it updated. Keep it fresh.
1: Winning 6 is back. That's the other thing.
2: It's back, baby. They dusted off, dust off Winning 6 with the little, little feather duster. It's back, baby.
1: It was pointing to my wrist. Yes. <laughs> I pointing to my time it is.
2: So go check out uh, Ty, Rohan, and Jordan. And Adam on the Bucks feed. Um, as you're listening to this, you'll probably have a new or no Charles Thursday. So a new cruising for bruising will come out on Friday most likely. Um, about the Cardinals and Brewers series. Cardinals uh, won the first game of the series. It's currently tied in the bottom of the sixth as we record this right now. So, uh, Brewers clinched a, the the NL Central. So they'll have that pod ready to go for you guys. And as they're ramping up and now are in the playoffs as a division winner. So they'll be facing either the Cubs, Diamondbacks, or Marlins most likely. Um, I think they're currently slated to face the Cubs, but we'll see how that goes by the time Sunday comes around. Go check out Adam and Andrew on Cruising for Brewing, uh for all things Brewers, all things movies, TV, pop culture. Check out, make time for this with Adam and Andrew as well. So with all that being said, I've been Numak. Always been Numak. You can follow me on Twitter, on, at, at Numak is known. You can follow Jordan on Twitter, at Jordan Tresky. You can follow the Packers, or the, sorry, not the Packers. You can follow the Taco Tundra, at PackersGSPN. You can follow us on Instagram, at WatchGSPN, and on TikiTaki, that is also WatchGSPN. GSPN info, for all things, Eurostep Podcast Network, including the Substack, Jordan's been writing more over there as we mentioned in the pod so go check out that subscribe to it it's free subscribing just means you'll get the newsletter blast when it comes out or whenever we write something new that's something new whether it be bucks brewers or packers so all things that are involved in the Euroset podcast network you can find at gspn.info and i what is that jordan (laughs)
1: What is, you, you can't you can't not speak? I asked you a question. I have a name. I have a name card with Rowan's name on it. Now I'm just using it as a prop. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is that? Anyways,
2: folks, that does it for us. We will be back with you later tonight and slash Friday morning for the post game Lions pod. Um, post game Packers Lions pod, I should say. Thank you all for listening. We will talk to you. You'll hear from us soon. Appreciate you listening again. Jordan, thank you.
1: Thank you.